0: When we think there's no one who cares, there is a Savior who cares for us. He ever is interceding on our behalf. Praise the Lord for that. We're going to dismiss the young people with us to the Scarbells to we'll go to Junior Church now at this time. The rest of us will take our Bibles, turn to the book of Psalms. Psalm 119, largest of the books or largest chapter in the book of the Bible. It's good to have Stephanie back with us today. Praise the Lord. Psalm 119. Let's all stand as we read God's word to give honor and praise to the word of God. Psalm 119. Almost every verse in this portion of scripture, all the way down through, talks about God's words, God's statutes, God's uh, judgments, the law of God, dealing with the importance of God's word. Psalm 119, beginning with verse 1. It says, Blessed are the undefiled in the way who walk in the law of the Lord. Blessed are they that keep his testimonies and that seek him with the whole heart. They also do no iniquity, they walk in his ways. Thou hast commanded us to keep thy precepts diligently. Oh, that my ways were directed to keep thy statutes! Then shall I not be ashamed when I have respect unto all thy commandments. Let's pray. Father, we thank you today for the word of God. Lord, this book is so precious. It's precious to me. And for those, Lord, who love you, they know the importance of your word. Lord, I pray today that we would love your word. It's how you speak to us today. Lord, I pray that you give us insight into your word a hungering and thirsting after righteousness and lord i pray today that your spirit would work in our hearts lord once again i do pray if there's one without jesus that they would hear the gospel clearly and that they would accept christ as their savior lord i pray for your words today your strength lord I love you today i give you all the praise the honor and glory in jesus name Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. Charles Haddon Spurgeon, commonly known as the Prince of Preachers, made the following statement about the importance of God's Word. He said, I would recommend you either believe God up to the hilt or else not to believe at all. Believe this book of God, every letter of it, or else reject it. There is no logical standing place between the two. Be satisfied with nothing less than a faith that swims in the depths of divine revelation. A faith that paddles about the edge of the water is poor faith at best. It is little better than a dry land faith. It is not good for much. You're holding in your hands today a book which is unlike any other book. It is a book of the wisdom of God. It is a book which is timeless. It is a book which can discern the thoughts and intents of the heart. The words of this book called the Bible can calm your troubled soul. The words of this book can penetrate into a heart that's as hard as stone and melt it to be pliable and soft once again. This book answers the three questions of life how did I get here? Why am I here? And where am I going? The Bible tells us what is the truth. John 17, 17, it says, Jesus said, Sanctify them, the disciples, through thy word. Thy word is truth. Not a truth. It is truth. Through the Bible, we can have our mind cleansed from our evil thoughts. Ephesians five twenty five and 26 says husbands love your wives even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it verse 26 says that he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of the water by the word the bible contains the gospel the good news for mankind how that we can have our sins forgiven and have a relationship with the god who made us ra tory speaking on the importance of the bible to The Christian Life once said, You may talk about power, but if you neglect the one book that God has given you as one of the instruments through which he imparts and exercises his power, you will not have it. You may read many books and go to many uh, conventions. You may have your all-night prayer meetings to pray for the power of the Holy Ghost. But unless you keep in constant and close association with the one book, the Bible, you will not have power. And if you ever had power, you will not maintain it except by daily, earnest, intense study of the book. Ninety-nine Christians in every hundred are merely playing at Bible study. And therefore, 99 Christians in every 100 are merely weaklings when they might be giants both in their Christian life and in their service. We're called to be men, women, young people, children of the book. The little children have a song, The B-I-B-L-E-S, that's the book for me. I stand alone on the word of God, the B-I-B-L-E. You know what? The Christian life is built upon this book called the Bible. There are marvelous truths in Psalm 119. Perhaps you're curious about the book called the Bible, but you've never decided to follow the Lord and, and follow his word with your whole heart. I pray today that you would... Just decide once and for all, God, whatever you say in your word, I'm going to follow. I'm going to do. I pray also that you'll find the joy from surrendering your life to the Lord and a willingness to yield to his control in your life. As we look at this portion of scripture, I want you to notice, first of all, those who follow God's word will find themselves a happy people. Look at verses 1 and 2. Blessed are the undefiled in the way who walk in the law of the Lord. Blessed are they that keep his testimonies and that seek him with the whole heart. The word blessed in the Hebrew, it's the idea of happy. Happy. Well, you know what? I sure see a lot of Christians who are down in the mouth. I mean, if their chin could get any lower, they'd be getting carpet burned because they're, oh, woe is me. Life is horrible. You know, I feel like Elor sometimes, you know. Whoa. You know, Tigger was always up and upbeat, trying to encourage people. And, well, it's raining outside. If you're in Montana, you might as well consider it could be raining, snowing, sunny, hail. Uh, we could have lightning and thunder all in within 20 minutes almost. You know, I mean, we, got, we can have it all here in Montana. But, you know, it's all in where your focus is today, folks. God wants us to understand the importance of God's word Happy are the undefiled, he says there in verse number two. Happy, or excuse me, in verse number one. Happy, Blessed are the undefiled. Happy are the people that are undefiled in the way, who walk in the law of the Lord. Verse two. Blessed, happy are they that keep his testimonies and that seek him with their whole heart. Happy are they who keep the testimonies of the Lord. Those who follow the Bible will find that they will be a happy people. Psalm thirty-three, twelve: 12, Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord and the people whom he has chosen for his own inheritance. Today, we're not a very happy nation. You say, oh, Pastor, I don't understand why we could be such an unhappy nation. Because God has told us, Blessed, happy is the nation whose God is the Lord. God is no longer our Lord. He's not our master any longer. We're not following His principles and His precepts and His commandments. And when you do that, you will find that they will bring peace and they will bring happiness. One day, when Jesus comes to set up His kingdom, and it's, I think it's not going to be very far off, you're going to find there's going to be peace and happiness once again. But we'll be following His rules, His commands, His truth. It is the Bible which reveals God's principles on how we are to live. 2 Timothy chapter 3, turn with me over there. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16. All scripture, this book called the Bible. Some people say, well, the Bible contains the word of God. No, it doesn't contain the word of God. It is the word of God. Mm -hmm. And you need to settle it in your heart. That this is the word of God. It's not just a little bit of it. You say, well, pastor, what is it, why do, if I just say it contains the word of God, because then you decide what is God's word and what is not. And if you don't like what God says, then you just lay it aside. If you settle in your heart that this is God's word, then whatever God says, you can build your life upon the truth of God's word. This is the word of God. Notice what it says in verse 16 of chapter 3 of 2 Timothy. All Scripture is given by inspiration of God. It's God-breathed. God-breathed into the prophets. The Bible says in 2 Peter 1.21, the holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. It didn't come, when, oh, I think I'm going to write a chapter of those Scriptures today. No, the Holy Spirit of God breathed into those men, and they wrote what God wanted them to write. People say, well, the Bible, you know, it's just written by men. Holy men of God spake as they were moved. God has preserved his word. We have this word which has been forever settled in heaven. It's been forever settled. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable. All of it is profitable for doctrine. That's what is right. See, Pastor, I just wish I knew what was right. The Word of God can tell you what's right. In your relationships, in how you spend your money, how you're supposed to live out in the world, how you're supposed to think about eternity, how you're supposed to conduct yourself in your home. God tells us that we can learn what is right from the Word of God. Not only that, it's also for reproof. That's what is not right. You know what? When we're going the wrong way, the Word of God reproves us. It reproves us. Now, none of us like to know that we're going the wrong way, doing the wrong thing. Guys, I know that when you're going down, the, going down the road and your wife says, Honey, I think the sign just said, Turn right here. I know where I'm going. I don't know if you've ever said that to your wife. I've said that to my wife. And she just sits there. I, but I think the sign said, I know where I'm going. And then 20 minutes down the road, you realize that you were in the wrong place and you have to admit that you were wrong. That's real humbling. OK, but the reality is there are times when you and I, we're living our Christian life and God says, I want you to go this way. You say, no, I know the best way, God. That's the reason why people who are trying to rear children and they'll listen to Dr. Spock and all these these uh, worldly uh, psychologists and they, they're telling them, you know, give your child time out and that'll, you know, that, that'll help them and, you know, give them a little give them a little card and they'll sit over there. No, you know what? We are in such a mess because we've listened to people instead of listening to God. God knows our character. He knows how to rear children. He knows all about it. He knows what's best. You want the right way? Follow God's word. Amen. Follow the word. And some of us, we need to be reproved to get back on track for correction. That's how to get on the right track. And for instruction and righteousness, that's how to stay on track. Instruction, I want to know the right way so that I don't have to go through all the problems that I see others. You know, I had two sisters that were older than I. One was 11 years older and one was four years older. And I learned a lot of things by watching how things happened to them. I thought, you know what, I don't want to go down some of those paths. You say, well, Pastor, I'm different really well let me just tell you you go down certain paths it's going to affect you god says we can learn the old testament scriptures were written for our admonition it was written for our instruction you can look at a life by the man uh, by a man named samson how that his life was all sensual, it was all about living for self, and all the problems that he had and incurred, and all the trouble that it caused. You can look at the life of Joseph, a man who loved God and loved the things of God, and how God raised him up. Did he have problems? Yes. But God was with him, and God blessed him, and God took care of him, and God knew how to take him from, from the pit to the palace. God knew how to take care of all those things. We can learn from those things. If we're willing. Or we can say, you know what? I'm the exception to the rule. There hath no temptation taking you, but such as is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted above that which you're able. But will with the temptation also make a way of escape that you may be able to bear it. When you think you're the exception, you just might as well mark yourself as a with a bullseye because Satan's going to go after you. It'll never happen to me. Hmm. That's like I tell Christians when they say, you know what, God, I'm never going to do, I'm never going to go over here when God's leading them to go someplace or do something. I'm never going to do that. I just say, you know, um, I've said that a few times, and you know what, God's had me to go do that. He had to break down my pride so that I would humble myself and yield myself to his direction. And folks, may I share with you, we need to realize that the best way for you and me is to follow in God's footsteps. He says that the man of God may be perfect, complete, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. You say, well, I wonder how I'm supposed to do this job. You study the word of God, it'll help you with your job. It'll give you insight on how you're supposed to live, what you're supposed to do. The Bible records for us God's future plan for this world and for us. What a comfort we have because we know what lies ahead. You know, when we look at this, Society that we're in today and the world that we're in today, and people are just like, What in the world's going on? My Bible tells us in 2nd Timothy chapter 3, verse number 1, it says, In the last days, perilous, hard, difficult times shall come. You can read through 2nd Timothy chapter 3 and the verses that follow in, in, that, in that portion of scripture. And look at where we are. God says, I've already told you, you're going to have difficult times. And this is going to be the attitude. This is going to be the thinking of people in those particular times. And it is exactly where we are right now. You know, we don't have to wonder when we breathe our last breath, what lies next. We don't. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 5, eight, We are confident, I say, and willing rather to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord. A lot of people were wondering, well, you know, pastor, I've heard that, you know, I've heard about reincarnation, that, you know, you're going to come into another, uh, into life a a different way, depending upon how you lived your life this way. Could you imagine getting to the end of your life and saying, well, I wonder whether God's going to make me a slug, or he's going to make me a a, a swan. Can I tell you something? That's a bunch of hooey. It's not from God. You don't get that God's not going to put you back in this life. And and cause you to go be like a slug. Some some people say, Well, you know what? That could be Aunt Bessie on there. Don't don't hurt that poor slug. Uh, you know, I've heard been around some people say, Well, you know, they got spiders all in their house. And they say, Well, you know what, that might be one of my ancestors. Well, I'll tell you what, we'll just spray it all and take care of it all in one fell swoop. That's not your ancestor. Those are spiders. Those are not good. Folks, may I share with you as you stop and look and think of the world. The Bible says it's appointed to men once to die and after this the judgment. If we don't know Jesus as our Savior, we're going to be judged for our works and our life. We're going to go to a place called hell. If we know Jesus, to be absent from this body is to be present with the Lord. To be present with the Lord. Think today of Brother Jim Knapp. He's with the Lord today. Well, he'd been suffering for a long time. They'd remember, if some of you remember, was it a year or two ago? They said, "Oh, you're not going to live. You might as well just put your house in order." And um, the Lord had His time, and His time wasn't then. Well, Pastor, you know what? You just determine in your will that you're going to keep living, and you can just you can put that off. God says, "There's no, there's no uh, putting off when God says your time's done." God knows your time, and He knows mine. We don't have to. F- fret and fear about that. We can just rest in the Lord. And I pray that that's where your are resting and, and hope is today. We don't have to wonder if we're, gonna, uh, if we're doing the right thing because we are following God's word. Look at Psalm. Go back to Psalm chapter 19, verse number 7. Psalm 19, verse number 7. Some people say, well, you know, there, a lot of people have a lot of different views, and so how can you really you know, put your faith and trust in, in, in one book? Because this book is not like any other book. Psalm Psalm 19, verse number 7. It says, the law of the Lord is perfect. When you're thinking of something's perfect, you can't add to it. It's the best. The law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure. It's established, making wise the simple. People that are kind of simple-minded, well, I wonder what I should do. You can read in God's Word and it'll tell you what to do. You know, there's a problem sometimes with simplicity. We love to be simple. We love to be simple. If I don't know it, then I won't be held accountable. That's not true. Folks, how many times have people been sitting in in services like this, they've heard the word of God preached and proclaimed, and God has been speaking to their heart and telling them what to do and what they should do, and they've they've turned a deaf ear to God. Folks, here, i to tell you something. Putting your head in the sand is not... Hold you guiltless. Folks, I submit to you that God's word will make you wise. Make you wise. There's a lot of people that haven't graduated from high school and college. They don't have the degrees. But I'll tell you what, they have more wisdom because they spent a lot of time in this book. And they've heard what God said and they're following what God says. They have more wisdom than those people that have the PhDs. The statutes of the Lord are right. They're right. Rejoicing the heart. The statutes, those instructions that God gives, they're right. The commandments of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. Moreover, are more to be desired are they than gold, yea, much fine gold, sweeter also than honey than, and the honeycomb. Moreover, by them is thy servant warned, and in keeping of them, there is great reward. I submit to you today that we don't have to wonder whether following God's word is the right path. I don't care whether it was back in Moses' day, or it was in uh, Jesus' day, or in our present day, or in the future. The right way is following the word of God. You know, in psychology today, January 1st, 2009, it was recorded that in in 2008, 4,000 books were published on happiness. 4,000 books, how to be happy, which was significantly more than the 50 books which were published in the year 2000. You know, if people would just read the Bible, they would find the key to joy. They would find the key to joy. The following was found written in the flyleaf of evangelist Billy Sunday's Bible after he had died. He says, 29 years ago, with the Holy Spirit as my guide, I entered the portico of Genesis. Walked down the corridor of the Old Testament art galleries where pictures of Noah and Abraham, Moses, Joseph, Isaac, Jacob, and Daniel hung on the wall. I passed into the music room of the Psalms where the Spirit sweeps the keyboard of nature, until it seems that every reed and pipe in God's great organ responds to the harp of David, the sweet singer of Israel. I entered the chambers of Ecclesiastes, where the voice of the preacher is heard, and into the conservatory of Sharon and the lily of the valley, where sweet spices filled and perfumed my life. I entered the business office of Proverbs and on into the observatory of the prophets where I saw the telescopes of various sizes pointing to far-off events concentrating on the bright and morning star which was to rise above the moonlit hills of Judea for our salvation and redemption. I entered the audience room of the King of Kings catching a vision written by Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Thence into the correspondence room uh, with Paul and Peter, James and John writing the epistles. I stepped into the throne room of Revelation where the tower, the glittering peaks, with the, uh, where sits the King of Kings upon his throne of glory with the healing of the nations in his hands. And I cried out, all hail the power of Jesus' name. Let angels prostrate fall. Bring forth the royal diadem and crown him Lord of all. You know, those who follow God's word will be a happy people. I want you to notice the second point in this portion. Those who follow God's word will keep themselves from sin. Go back to Psalm 119. Psalm 119 in verse number 3. They also do no iniquity. They walk in his ways. Someone has said either the Bible will keep you from sin or sin will keep you from the Bible. Psalm 119 verse 9, it says, Wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way by taking heed thereto according to thy word? In 1 Peter chapter 1 verse 18 through 23, it says, For as much as you know that you were not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold from your vain conversation received by the tradition of men or from your father's, but with the precious blood of Christ as a lamb without blemish and without spot, who verily was foreordained before the foundation of the world, but was manifest in these last times, who by Him do believe in God that raised Him up from the dead and gave Him glory that your faith and your hope might be in God, seeing ye have purified your souls in obeying the truth through the Spirit unto unfeigned love of the brethren. See that ye love one another With a pure heart fervently. Those who spend time in God's Word will begin to see sin as God sees it. Edwin Cooper was famous across America, yet almost no one knew his name. Cooper began performing before audiences when he was just nine years old. After a stint in the Barnum and Bailey Circus, he became a fixture on television in the 1950s. And some of you weren't even born. You had no clue about what we're talking about here. But you probably known, you knew this one as Bozo the Clown. How many remember Bozo? Amen. More, more of you. Amen. You know, at the end of every one of his times when he would be signing off, He would always say this, buddies and partners, get checked for cancer. That's how he always wound up his, his TV show. The only problem was he was so busy working that he forgot to get himself checked. And he died at the age of 41 because of cancer. The things that he told people to watch out for, he didn't. You know, sin is far more deadly than cancer. Sin kills and destroys everything it touches. From the fall of Adam in the Garden of Eden even until now, sin takes no prisoners. This is the purpose behind everything that Satan does. Jesus said, the thief cometh not but for to steal and to kill and to destroy in John 10.10. Because of the evil nature of Satan, he wants to destroy everything that is good. He wants to bring destruction to everything that he can in his reach. When we regard sin as God does, we find that nothing is amusing or humorous about it. we'll not make it a, uh, the subject of our jokes. We will not allow ourselves to be tempted to get a little closer to the line of sin, but instead we'll keep far away from it. God hates sin. And when we find ourselves amused by sin, it is time for us to focus more on the cross and to realize the price that our sins Required of God's Son. How do you look at sin? Do you make jokes about it? Do you see sin as not being really too bad? Or do you see the very thing called sin as sending people to hell? A man was praying with his pastor at the altar one day. The man began to pray as a prayer that the pastor had heard many, many times before. And he said this, Lord, take the cobwebs out of my life. This time, as the man began to pray, and he prayed that same prayer, the pastor interrupted him and interrupted said, Lord, kill the spider. You know, many times we want God to forgive us of our sin, yet we don't want to remove the source of the temptation. You get rid of the spider, we don't have to worry about the cobwebs. Someone has said Christ died for sin, believers die to sin, and unbelievers die in sin. Folks, how do you look at sin today? Oh, today I think we've just brought the world into the church. And sin looks just, there's not much difference than the world and the church. I'm here today to tell you there's a world of difference between the God who's holy and how people view sin today. We need to get back on track with God. We need to look at sin before a holy God. I guarantee you the more you see the holiness of God, the more you'll see yourself as a sinner. And the things that you do wrong, that are disobedient to God's word will begin to start speaking to your heart. It'll become more and more intense in the fact, you know what? You don't want to do those things that are displeasing to God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. I want you to see the third thing in this portion back in Psalm 119. Those who follow God's word will not be ashamed. Look at verse Number four, down to verse number six. Thou hast commanded us to keep thy precepts diligently. Oh, that my ways were directed to keep thy statutes. Then shall I not be ashamed when I have respect unto all thy commandments. The psalmist reflects on God's instruction to keep his commandments. Thou hast commanded us to keep thy precepts diligently. Deuteronomy 5, verse 32, it says, Ye shall observe to do therefore as the Lord your God hath commanded you. Ye shall not turn aside to the right hand or to the left. Deuteronomy 6, verse 24, And the Lord commanded us to do all these statutes to fear the Lord our God for our good always, that he might preserve us alive as it is this day. Deuteronomy chapter 7 and verse 11. Thou shalt therefore keep the, the commandments and the statutes and the judgments which I have commanded thee this day to do them. Joshua 1.8. This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then shalt thou make thy way prosperous, and then shalt thou have good success. The psalmist here shifts When he says, verse 5, Oh, that my ways were directed to keep thy statutes. There seems to be a battling going on in his life. The life where he wants to go into the world versus the life of following the Lord. There's a cry here. Oh, that that my ways were directed to keep thy statutes. Paul talks about it in Romans 7. The things that I don't want to do are the very things that I do. And the things that I... Should do are the very things that I don't do. He says, I can see that there's a battle going on. Folks, there's a battle that goes on in your life and my life as well. The more we yield to God, the more that we yield to His Word, the more that we yield to the Spirit of God in control of our life, the more power we will have to overcome the evil one and to put down those things that are not right. God gave us the Spirit to indwell us, to do what we were unable to do in our flesh. In verse number 6, the psalmist states, Then shall I not be ashamed when I have respect unto all thy commandments. That word ashamed means to be, to, to put to shame. How many of us have ever acted on impulse and not according to what the Bible says and then have been ashamed because of the way that we've acted? If I'd have just done what God said... You know, as we walk in the light as Jesus is in the light, the Holy Spirit will guide us into all truth. Not only will we have fellowship with God, but we will also not be ashamed of our conduct or our conversation. But if we fail to listen and heed God's word, it will affect not only our lives, but also the lives of others. A park ranger was over at Yellowstone, and he was... uh, leading a group of hikers to a a fire lookout. And as he was going, he was was intent on telling the people about the different flowers and the different wildlife. And that he had on him, he had his radio, and it was becoming annoying because it was always squawking and squeaking. You've heard those things. They just keep going and somebody cuts in and those different things. So he decided, I'm just going to silence that thing because it's important what I'm saying to these people. So he kept on walking and explaining everything. And all of a sudden, coming down from the lookout was a, was a man who was just breathless. And the, uh, the ranger was kind of surprised. He says, why didn't you respond to your radio? He said, well, I don't understand what, what you're saying. He says, we have seen at the lookout, we've seen that there's a grizzly that's been stalking you, and we've been calling you, to get to a place of safety, but you turned off the radio. You know, when we, uh, as followers of God's word, get to that point where we turn off listening to the word of God, we're walking in dangerous ground. This book, God's Love Letter to You, Basic instruction, as somebody said, basic instruction before leaving earth. God tries to tell us the right way to go. But for some of us, you know what we do? We just turn it off. See, how can I turn it off? Preacher, simple. I stop reading it. I stop studying it. I stop coming to church where I don't have to hear it anymore. Or I'll flip it onto a channel where I can hear somebody say exactly what I want to hear said. You're walking in dangerous ground, just like that ranger who turned off his radio when people were trying to warn him. First Timothy 4.16 says, Take heed unto yourselves and unto the doctrine. Continue in them, for in doing this thou shalt save both thyself and them that hear thee. Let me ask you today, are you a follower of God's word? Are you a joyful Christian? You know, those who follow God's commandments, the Bible says, will be a blessed, a happy people. Do you keep yourself from sin? Those who are following God's word will purify themselves and keep themselves pure from sin. Are you ashamed of the way that you're living? Those who walk in the light as God's word will have a light under their path, and they won't be ashamed. Folks, today as we stop and as we think about God's Word today, we need to ask ourselves those questions. How am I walking? Where am I living? Do I have joy in my life? God's Word has the answer. God has the answer for you. But the question is, are we listening? Are we willing to yield to the Lord's control? Let's pray. Dear Father, we thank you today. For your word. Your word is true. Lord you have the answer for. Giving joy to your children. The fruit of the spirit is love joy. Peace. As we yield to your spirit guiding us. We'll have your love. We'll have your joy. We'll have your peace. Father today we see so much confusion, it's because people have turned away from your way. You're not the author of confusion, but of peace. And Father, for those that are hearing the message today, I pray that they would look at your word as being the source of truth. Lord, you've spoken. We need to listen. We need to obey. God, I pray that if there's one here that has in their life, sin and things in their life that need to be changed, I pray that, Lord, we would accept your rebuke. We would confess it as sin and get right with you today. With every head bowed and every eye closed, no one looking around. I don't want to embarrass anybody. I just pray right now and challenge you If there's stuff in your life that needs to get right with God. If you're fighting with God about different areas of your life, You're not going to win. You're going to be the loser. God has a plan and he wants you to walk in truth. Why not yield that to the Lord? Why not confess it? If we confess our sin, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sin and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. But perhaps today you don't know the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior. If you were to die right now, you would not go to heaven. The Bible says it's appointed unto men once to die, and after this the judgment. If you don't know Jesus Christ, you do not have eternal life. It's only when you are willing to humble yourself and acknowledge, as the Bible says, for all of sin comes short of the glory of God. To believe, as the Bible says, that Jesus Christ, God's Son, came into the world. He lived a sinless life as the perfect Lamb of God, To die on a cruel cross for your sins is a payment for your sin. He was buried and rose again the third day according to the scriptures. And if you're willing to turn to Jesus and from your sins, you can be saved today. You say, Pastor, I'd love to ask Jesus to be my Savior. The Bible says, Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Jesus is standing at your heart's door right now and he's knocking and he wants to come into your heart and into your life right now, and you can ask Him to come in. You can pray a simple prayer like this. Dear God, I know I'm a sinner, and I believe, as the Bible says, that Jesus died on the cross for me. I want Him to come into my heart and save me right now. I want to turn to Jesus and from my sin. I want to live for Him. In Jesus' name, with no one looking around, If you prayed and asked Jesus to be your Savior, Jesus said, those that come to me I will in no wise cast out. He will save you. If you prayed and asked Jesus to be your Savior today, I'd love to pray for you. Would you allow me that privilege? If you ask Christ to be your Savior, would you just slip your hand up for just a moment? Don't want to embarrass you. Yes, amen. Praise the Lord. God loves you. He loves everyone. He's not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Dear Father, we just pray right now for this one that raised their hand, and Lord, I pray that you would just make yourself so real to them. Lord, help them to have your peace and your joy. Lord, help them to grow in their new life. And Lord, I just pray for those that have heard beyond these walls the message of the gospel. Lord, if they prayed and asked Jesus to be their Savior, Lord, that they would get into a church where they can hear the Word of God preached and get involved in serving and living for you. Father, we thank you. We praise you now. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's all stand. Brother Scott's going to lead us in a song of invitation. If you prayed and asked Jesus as your Savior, let me encourage you to come. We've got counselors at would love to just take with you from the Bible, show you how that you know you're saved. Because the devil will come and he'll say, you know what, you're not saved. But you can look at the word of God and you can have that solidly fixed in your heart. And if you ask Jesus to be your Savior, let me encourage you to come. If you've not been baptized since you've been saved, baptism doesn't save us, but it just does identify us with Jesus in his death, his burial, and his resurrection. And let me encourage you, to obey the Lord. He commands it. It's a command. He gives He gives direction. And so, hope that you will do that. Maybe you just need to come and pray. God's laid some burdens upon your heart. Maybe there's some things that you need to confess to God. You can make your, your pew right there an altar as well. Pray for the things in your life that need to get straightened out. But don't leave without getting things right with God today. He wants to use you. He can't use a dirty vessel. He will use a good one. He will use one that's empty, which he can fill with his spirit and control that vessel to be used for his honor and glory. Brother Scott, what song? Page 270, page, just as I am. Page 270. If God's speaking to your heart, why don't you come?